Thank you for listening to this podcast hosted by the Cambridge MBA. Today we have Ron Wan, a current Cambridge MBA student, who is here to talk about his experiences in the M&A market in China. Ron, thanks for coming down. Tell us a bit about what you did before the Cambridge MBA. Before coming to the MBA, I was working for a leading private investment bank in China. I have over six years of M&A experience in China working both as an advisor and also on the um, for an MNC. And I started off my career in Beijing for Ernst & Young in the advisory d- department. Ron, can you tell us a bit about the M&A market in China? Um, how big is it? What kind of transactions do you see there? Well, co- well, Conrad, according to um, Thomson Reuters, the latest figures for um, 2002 is that um, the M&A market has reached a staggering $307 billion U.S. dollars, and with an average transaction amount of $110 million U.S. dollars. So um, the market is, th- and the market has been growing for the past six years. And 2002 was a staggering year for um, the M&A market in China, although the Although the number of deals has decreased, but we've seen a number of um, higher-profile transactions um, being being completed. For example, in the TMT region, we have which is a transaction that my firm and you know worked on was um, Yoku uh, acquire, merging with um, Tudo two of the leading online streaming services in China. So the market is definitely um, very good at the moment. Um, in, um, and I can see a lot of, also a lot of growth for 2013 as well. So you said that the number of transactions has gone down, but the number of large transactions has been that have successfully been executed has gone up. So can you just tell us, these large transactions, would they be within, you know, com- companies within China or are they Chinese companies listed overseas? Well, usually um, there's three types of companies, listed companies in China. One is the ones listed in the Shenzhen Stock Exchange and the Shanghai Stock Exchange. And the second type are the companies that are listed in Hong Kong. And lastly, we have the companies that are listed in um, in the U.S., U.K., Germany, um, Singapore. So um, what I... What I'm seeing is that um, for the past year or so, I'm seeing basically two trends. One is traditionally has been um, state-owned companies going out, doing cross-border transactions, trying to acquire assets. Now I'm seeing more privately-owned listed company, whether they're in the U.S. or they're in Europe, going out. You know, going out and doing um, outbound um, transactions. Also, I'm also seeing um, a lot more inbound transactions from um, MNCs trying to um, gain their foothold into China. Obviously, I think M&A is a um, terrific strategy for them. It's it's um, it's easy, it's relatively easy, and it doesn't take all that um, much of time compared to setting up your own shop. Would you say that? Um, a company that is a Chinese company listed in, say, the let's say Nasdaq or the New York Stock Exchange, they by being listed there, they have to comply with, say, international standards of corporate governance, financial controls. Does that make them an, a much more uh, viable acquirer because they've gone through that process and learned how to operate on a global scale, and they know how it is to um, 
do due diligence, they're much more transparent, so it's easier for other companies to merge or acquire them? I think definitely yes, because um, I think during the period from 2009 to 2010, we've seen a wave of private companies going listed, especially on the NASDAQ and NYSC, also in Hong Kong. Um, for them, you know, being listed is one thing. The next challenge for them is to be in compliance with the listing requirements, which means you have to be legally, you know, you have to comply with the local listing rules. You have to comply with financial disclosure. You have to, you have to um, be in compliance with corporate governance. So I think over the, over the past two years, you've seen the companies, go, you know, you see many companies go trend, you know, going through this trans, you know, tra- 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 transition. Now, what we're seeing is once they've established themselves as a public trading company in the U.S. and in Hong Kong and in Europe, their next their next step is obviously expanding their presence, and M&A obviously is an obvious choice for them, expanding globally and becoming more and more of a like a global company rather than just you know being a Chinese company. What are the challenges for a non-Chinese company doing an inbound M&A? I think one. I think the regulatory is definitely uh, a very complicated and complex issue to navigate around, and also I think knowledge of the Chinese market should be also very is very. Um, it will be very challenging for a company that has no presence in China doing an doing an acquisition deal. In, um, for example, the MNC that I worked for when I was in Beijing, they've been in China for 20 years. They understand mm-hmm. the market, they understand the players, and they understand and they have the relationships. That, in fact, actually helped them with their transactions, with their M&A strategy in China, because an understanding of the local business environment is crucial. And um, slowly we're seeing, um, well, Slowly, we're seeing um, MNCs doing more transactions in Ch- in China now because the regulatory environment has improved gradually over the past ten years or so. In the West, most M and As would be uh, financed through a combination of share swaps, mm-hmm. cash, debt. Is that the case in China? I think, Conrad, um, that really um, revolves around two. Two issues. One issue is that um, before, because M and A, ten years, twenty years ago, prob- was probably of no existence. It was probably just state-owned enterprises um, going overseas to buy assets. For the past ten years, you're really seeing the development of the M and A market, shall we say? And um, before, I think the transaction sizes are very, um, are very screwed. So it could be really small and could be really large. So it's usually the state-owned enterprises doing the really large transactions. And now we're getting now we're seeing more and more private companies, for example, one dot going out to buy an American um, cinema chain in the US. What is one dot? One dot is a property development company oh, okay. in China. And then what they're doing now in their second phase of corporate development is first phase was just building Building, you know, real estate development. Now they're expanding into com- commercial development. That also involves building communities 
and um, so there's more commercial development in let's say building um, cinema lines. Okay. So for them, acquiring like um, cinema chains in and know-hows in um, in the West is actually it's, it's it's a very smart move, and it's also a very easier way, relative easier way for them to get know-hows and um, increase their competitive advantages. So um, yeah, so you know coming back is before it was all mainly cash. But slowly, for example, the Yoku and um, Tudo case I mentioned before, that was partial cast and part um, share swap. And now we're also seeing um, some of these state-owned companies going, especially the energy companies, doing gigantic deals, billions and tens of billions of deals overseas. And usually, they usually wouldn't have that much cash on their balance sheet. And this is where they need to start to using, um, so we need to start you know, using um, Loans and you know leverages and um, with the um, bond market and um, I can I can see it I can see a, a development in the debt market for M and A in the next five years definitely. Yes. So you you think that there'll be more say leverage buyouts? Um, definitely, I think M um, and A as I said before M and A is a relatively young market for the past um, ten years. Now what we're seeing is that the buyers are getting. Companies are getting more sophisticated in their approaches, and some of them actually is exploring, you know, using more debt in their acquisitions because there is some company with a good credit history that has the ability to obtain, you know, debt relatively che- cheaper. So, which which adds up to a lower cost of capital for them, and um, so obviously, you know, that's very attractive, especially if they want to expand. Globally, and uh, you can also see that co- companies in China are getting more and more competitive. The market, so it's essential for them to make sure they're in a good position. And I think that's where they need to do M and A's. You know, either either consolidation domestically or going um, globally. And um, using using debt is it will be very important for them. Ron, one last question. It's you painted such an exciting picture about M&A activity in China, and you've obviously learned a lot in a very short period of time as that market matures. So you're two-thirds of the way through the Cambridge MBA. What have you learned from the MBA that you didn't learn before? Well, Conrad, I mean, I was definitely, um, I was, I was definitely, um, I think two-thirds, you know, out of this program. I'm very, um, well, very honored to, um, to have, you know, th- th- been, two terms in Cambridge. But also the important thing was the amount of exposure to the different diversities and different uh, business disciplines that I get involved with. Before, I was usually working with uh, people in the finance industry, whether they're from the U.S. or in the Europe, you know, in my profession. Now I'm getting exposed to people from marketing beyond profit, industry people, and also people doing research and from different sectors. I think that really helped me in terms of understanding different business cultures and and also um, not just from different countries, but also from different um, disciplines as well. So um, for me, biz- understanding business culture is very important, and that's why you know I was in China for eight years doing M and A. So I think the MBA, Cambridge MBA, definitely helped me with you know learn uh, become a lot more diverse, uh, gain a lot more diversity in terms of my cultural understandings. Yes. Thank you very much, Ron. And it sounds extremely exciting, and I know you're very keen to looking towards. You know, opportunities in China after the MBA. I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you, Conrad. Thank you. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening.